You're listening to the Welcome to the Rebellion podcast. Hey, Jay, are you ready? Because it's time to start the show. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Welcome to Rebellion podcast. I'm really excited. This, I guess this episode, episode, man, we're on episode number 23. I hope everyone's having a great Monday. If you want to watch this recorded live, come over to the Drunk 3PO YouTube channel. As always, check out 9lineapparel.com. We got something really cool coming out at the end of the week. Use code Drunk 3PO for 20% off. Also, head on over to geeksandgamers.com for all kinds of stuff. Pop culture needs, video game reviews, movie reviews, and, and other content creators you just might fall in love with. So we can head out over there. I forgot to do the countdown this before but so we're just gonna get right into it i'm very excited to have these guests i love watching their podcast and as most people know i run a theme park channel for geeks and gamers called park hopping so i i freaking love theme parks so today um we're just gonna talk theme parks man we're not gonna get into all the politic nonsense i'm not gonna that's that we'll save that for another time but right now like i i'm so glad that i got these guys on we want to talk rides stories ticketing um crazy disney fans crazy theme park fans which one is better what's the better ride things like that that's what we're going for today so i hope you guys enjoy the conversation i know it's not everyone's cup of tea but it's definitely mine so i'm probably more excited for these <laughs> these guys coming on um than most so i hope you enjoy the podcast would you please welcome i got three of them i got the whole crew uh orange grove 55 it's like boom one two three there they are What's up, <laughs> how is everything going and what's up chat i see you guys in here uh everybody's saying hey uh it's it's awesome to see everyone in the chat supporting and um how you guys doing orange grove 55 what's is in up? the house here what's going on jay thank you so much brother for having us on dude this is this is a great time thank you oh, i appreciate it it's been a while like we've been going back and forth like you want to come on want to do this trying to find the right time things like that so i thought i was just getting i thought i was just gonna get oj over here um not related to the uh, other oj but OJ over here. And, uh, Definitely not. yeah but he was like can you bring the whole crew i was like absolutely and right off the top ashton yeah i saw your video ashton rode the new guardians ride it was a trip figment traumatized me um that's interesting that you would say that because we're going to talk a little figment as well. Thank you for the $5, Ashton. I hope to see you this week at the Megacon while you're there in Orlando as well. So why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, make it easy. We'll start from the top and we'll go that way. Yeah. So so Vash Sky will be last. So we'll go from <laughs> there. So. All right. So I am Orange Grove 55. You can catch me on YouTube and uh Basically, you know, I just talk a lot about uh, theme parks and we dive into the movies and streaming too, but I've always had a passion for these parks. I love like the, the kind of the foundation that Walt Disney kind of set with these things, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how, you know, he started his career, uh, you know, I'm going to do the first sound cartoon and, and, and by the 60s, he was like, I'm going to build a city of tomorrow, you know, and this the ambition and what he wanted to do and how he changed the world really inspired me. And that's really why I got into this whole thing is really that man right there is Walt Disney. So, um, yeah, Orange Grove 55 on yeah, Why YouTube. Orange Grove 55? Why? Why Orange uh, Grove 55? Uh, well, Disneyland over here in Anaheim was actually built on, on a giant orange grove. 
and uh, it opened in 1955. There you go, chat. Look, someone Ashton says Orange Grove 55 is actually a brilliant name for those who didn't know. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. All right, George. George is next. Yes, uh, I am George. I am also known as the Disney Family Man. And uh, I actually uh, kind of go back and forth between two YouTube channels, my own personal one, which is Disney Family Man 23. It's more so my own personal experience in the uh, the Disney parks um, of how me and my family go about uh, our vacationing at the House of Mouse. And then, of course, um, part of uh, Orange Grove 55's uh, channel with uh, Citrus Corner, which covers all the the juicy, but yet sometimes sticky Disney news and info for uh, Walt Disney World and uh, the Disney Cruise Line. A lot of crazy Disney stuff happening this past year. That's for sure. That's for sure. And last, last but not least, the freshly squeezed himself. That's it. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, listen, you know, I, I'm, by the way, I'm incredibly honored to be here. Been a big fan of UJ. Uh, this is this is awesome. So so thank you so much for having us on. Uh, yeah, no um, I go by Vash Guy on, on Twitter, uh, but freshly squeezed on the channel. And uh, yeah, it just had a incredible love for, for Disney, you know, uh, uh, ever since uh, Disneyland's 50th anniversary, you know, really kind of poured myself into it. Uh, and, uh, I've been, I've been covering this pretty closely for the last 15 or so years. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's it. If you want to interact with me, it's going to be right down there, just like it's spelled at Fash Sky. And if you want to see me, well, it's going to be on Orange Go 55 at Freshly Squeezed, your source for juicy news and info squeezed fresh right from the Grove. Now I usually play a sound effect, but for your audience, I think you get a kick out of this. Thank you very much. There you go. Thank you very <laughs> much for that one. Yeah, they get a kick. Good old Brie Larson. <laughs> 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 yeah, they definitely uh, definitely get a kick a kick out of that. Well, you guys, it seems like you guys practiced those intros, so that was pretty. That was uh, that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's incredible, at least for me. Like theme parks have always been, it, it's just something that I just love going. And then once you start like understanding the the history and all the crazy stuff behind theme parks, the the crazy theme park fans. You know, the not so crazy theme park fans, how things mm-hmm. adjust and how things change. It's it's it it's such a I mean, you could talk about it over and over and over again. Just different things like when a ride shuts down, how like the the purists for those rides are mad that they're being changed. Um, I, I'm in the Orlando area, so it's like we have we have a Epcot. And mm-hmm. Epcot's being changed around a little bit. And like the Epcot purists are all like up in arms and angry and mad and all this stuff. And it's just like back and forth. And then, you know, it's like we also had um, th- this big Galaxy's Edge debate. And we also have the Star Cruiser down here. And then SeaWorld was voted the number one theme park out of all of Orlando. Uh, or actually, out of all of Florida, you wow. have uh, um, SeaWorld of all places, which is actually my favorite place to go but it's also i've also learned that in this community it's uh i have never seen a more divisive community as far as like the theme park community i and i learned that really early so i'm I'm a huge star wars person and so i thought star wars fans were fickle and like love to go at each other and things like that and i was like yeah it could get ugly but nothing got close (laughs) to like theme park stuff and i was like man these some of these people are just so they're so brutal and and how they 
how they how they feel about certain this how about how they feel about certain this like i we i would see fighting with people that love the disney world theme parks and will complain on anything that universal puts out or vice versa and it's just like it's just like wow well, <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. i've never seen it so crazy before well, and, and jay it's interesting because it's kind of ironic actually because you, you talked about how like fans they get kind of upset about like you know certain changes to the parks and what have you and we get that a lot out here in anaheim because it's like the first park it's like walt disney's baby mm-hmm. it, it's like it's like uh you know it's like holy land all right like yo, you can't touch that you can't touch that you know but really walt disney like he he wanted these parks to change he wanted them to evolve you know he he said you know disneyland will never be completed as long as there's imagination left in the world he wanted them to be these ever-changing kind of pliable places and not museums and i think that like a lot of times like disney will make changes and i don't like it you know they'll change something in the park and i'm like man i don't really dig that but at the same time i kind of dig the fact that you know what the place is evolving though and that's kind of what it was designed to do. And while I don't necessarily like this change in particular, I, I, I appreciate the fact that we still have a park that they're working on and constantly tweaking. I, I like that aspect of these parks, you know? 100%. And see, I really don't even have a problem with change. My problem is when they change it to something that's utter crap. You know, that's <laughs> that for me is, you know, if you're going to give us something or if you're going to replace something that's so original and iconic – you know, don't give us something that's part of my French half-assed, yeah. you know? Right, right. And and honestly, I mean, Tony Baxter, a famous Imagineer or, uh, you know, part of Imagineering, part of the internal, Disney's internal design firm, right, that actually goes out and builds some of these attractions and, and the parks that we all kind of love going to, right? He has a very similar philosophy. It's like, it better be better than what replaced it or it better be better than what changes that you made because the fans do get upset. I mean, I remember when... Fans went after Kim Irvine, you know, uh, uh, another famous Imagineer for changing Small World here at Disneyland. And that was a very big kind of thing. Marty Sklar, another famous one, had to step in and kind of say, oh, no, you know, this is good, you know, and and and, and all that. Everybody kind of has their sacred cow. Everybody has their kind of sacred thing that, that they grow up. This is part two about the theme park thing because it's a very emotional kind of thing. People have a lot of emotions and memories tied to it. And, and when you alter those or change those, I mean, that could be, you can get a very vitriolic reaction. I know that this channel, actually, Orange Grove 55, that we're all kind of a part of, was birthed in part from a big change. And that was to uh, Disney California Ventures Tower of Terror into Gardens mm-hmm. of the Galaxy, right? I mean, that was a big conversation. A lot of people did not like when they heard that. But then they go on it and they're like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. And then, you know, it's on to the next thing kind of thing, you know? And, and, and we get that a lot. Trust me, we get that a lot. Just don't touch my tower at Hollywood Studios. Don't touch my <laughs> See? tower. See? Everybody has their sacred cow. <laughs> That's what Ashton says. And I, and I know I have super chats. I will get to them soon. But she brings up a good point that we want the redhead at oh, Pirates man. of the Caribbean was one of the most divisive changes uh, yeah. I think I have like seen at, at least at the uh, Magic Kingdom here in Orlando. And uh, she also says, thank you for the street. I want to debate Orange. Well, you can contact hey. them, Ashton. You can contact them. Come on the they, channel, Ashton. Come on the channel. Is, uh, their channel is in the description. Um, so it was one of the most divisive changes as far as changing the original concept of Pirates of the Caribbean. But yeah, you're right. And um, it, it's amazing how 
over not over passionate but very passionate people get about change and 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 it's just it never stops the the news cycle when it comes to theme parks it just never does um and especially when they're building new rides so for instance SeaWorld SeaWorld built a new ride called the Icebreaker yeah and this will transition into like some good conversation about YouTubers and things like that sure so they had a press day and YouTube theme park vloggers were invited to ride it early. Mm-hmm. And many of them came off that ride, did their videos, and they were like, um, <laughs> they were like, this is the greatest thrill ride in Florida. You've got to go on this ride. It's one of the best. It's one of this and one of what, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, really? Because the Velocicoaster just opened at Universal Studios. And I'm, and to me, I've ridden roller coasters all over the world. Yeah. There is nothing. That to me, hands down, is the greatest thrill roller coaster of all time. Like till something else, I, I still, my heart still jumps every time I get on that ride. So me, my friend Rogue Disney, who's in the chat, we went there and we rode it, and we got in the front row, and I'm like, this man, people were saying this is something, and we got off the ride, and I was like, man, that sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't that good. Like I wouldn't like so we give rating systems on the ride and it's like that's a 15 minute top. Like I wouldn't wait longer than 15 minutes to ride that ride. And so but then once I said that, the argument starts to no, you're wrong. It's better than that. I like this part of the ride. I like this part of the ride and it just the fighting never stops because everybody has their favorite uh and every you know, it's like, and and that's where the device. So I, I wanted to start off the podcast with that to act like, <laughs> to people understand, like, how crazy this theme park world is, um, not only with the infighting, but with people's favorites and people that love the classics, people that love the originals and and things like that. So was there was there anything in particular that either Disney Universal or anybody else did that you were kind of like, ah, my heart <laughs> as far as like rides and things like 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 that go wow i don't know like um you know one of the things i think it was ashton in your chat who mentioned the uh the, the redhead um scene in, in pirates yeah and you know that was changed i don't know Pi- pirates were not like nice people you know and i felt that was kind of a little bit eh you could Look, the, the ride's been around for decade after decade exactly. after decade. I, I've never encountered anyone that went, came off that ride and was like, oh, man, that redhead scene really made me mad. That really offended <laughs> me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think stuff like that, I think like, you know, look, I mean, they're pirates. Of course, they're like, they're, they're looting. They're, they're, they're lighting the town on fire. They're not good guys. <laughs> don't you think that's worse? It's like, hey, lighting my home on fire might be a little worse than... Bring on the redhead, but yeah. Yeah. Listen listen to the song that everybody loves. I mean, really, look up the lyrics right now. I mean, you know, that's that's definitely got some parts in it that's like, ooh, maybe that's not exactly family friendly. But look, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, back in the 90s, I remember when, you know, previously, Pirates of the Caribbean, the, the pirates used to chase the women around, right? Yep. And they reversed that. And that was one of the first big times that that really happened. And, and it was right. like, I mean... We didn't have social media back then, but there were some big journalistic outlets that actually put that on and actually talked about that. It was a big, big deal. But I think 
I think that the, the the redhead scene was kind of an inflection point, not just for the culture, but for the company, right? Because you you remember around that time, Me Too, right? It was a bunch of Me Too stuff that was going on, and that was one of the first times that the Disney company actually reacted to something like that and actually changed a portion of its ride, uh, based in part of that of of those kind of things that were going on. And then we later saw that in in kind of uh, early summer 2020. With Splash Mountain and 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 that whole thing and and that was a, a result of of the kind of stuff that was going on in the in the real world and you know those kind of things you know I, I really dislike it's the berm right it's your escape and when the real world affects these things to that degree that's I think what what people have a kind of issues with it and look you know you can't. Nobody wants to be the guy that says, uh, hey, you know, uh, selling off the women like that, I'm all good for that. Nobody wants to be on the defending end of that. But it's also one of these things where I kind of look at these things like pieces of art. You know, these were intended and constructed uh, by artists, uh, you know, for 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 from a certain time period for certain thing. And I kind of think of it like, man, you know, are we going to change the Mona Lisa because, you know, (laughs) there are some archetypes that that have have kind of um, altered our, our view of those kind of things now? No. Then why are we affecting these kind of things? At the same time, these are living, breathing things that people visit every single day. And people kind of have their own predilections when they when they come to that. And Disney's a business and wants to appeal to that audience. So it's one of those kind of balancing acts back and forth. Well, and I think that's what the uproar is within the community itself. I think it's not necessarily the change. It's the sole purpose of why it's being changed. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, it change will happen like we get that but it's if it yeah if, if there's reasons on why you know and it's just like we're gonna change because we're swinging with the tide or a different thing like that uh whatever's popular then that's like no don't 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 do that well, uh, it, well in, it, in pirates in pirates of the caribbean in that sense it's on stranger tides so right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right well and 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 jay i was actually i was on the phone with uh dre a, a couple of days ago actually talking about the splash mountain retheme which you know i'll be honest with you like in terms of like disneyland the splash mountain retheme fits pretty well i mean it, it you know our splash mountain kind of sits right next to new orleans square mm-hmm. it wouldn't be terrible right but I was talking to Dre. I'm like, it's not like the imag- like some Imagineer like woke up like with some epiphany, like, oh, that's a great, that's a great retheme for that attraction. It was more like, okay, uh, the executive decided this ride was a problem, you know, uh, politically or whatever. Uh, figure out a way to change it, and and, yeah. and that's kind of touches upon like kind of what what George was just saying, where it's not like they have a a cre- it, this change doesn't necessarily come from a creative inspiration motivation. Mm-hmm. It's coming from like an optics point of view, and a lot of people have that issue. And like I said before, I think the the princess and the frog thing at Disneyland will be pretty pretty cool actually. I think it fits our park really well, but it didn't come from like a, a place of creativity Let, let's be real exactly. you know that's the thing i i never had I, I agree like that was my whole discussion on that like if they want to just change it they should have just closed it down and said hey guess what's here um but I, it's like they need to read the room just a little bit 100 but universal did the same thing they literally and, and see this is where i'm talking about the passion of theme park people uh, even though a lot of people think we're weird and whatever. And I see you, Ashton is screaming in the chat. She's, she's such a good person, but she's screaming. Uh, I'll get to that. The, uh, they just shut down monsters cafe at universal studios, Orlando permanently. Mm. And 
they didn't really tell anybody. Normally, when something's shutting down, Universal's pretty good at, hey, visit us one more time. This is like your last ride before right. uh, we shut. They just they just went ahead and did it. And like the outcry is like, <laughs> it's like it, it literally just sold burgers and fries. But it did have some cool pictures. It really, but that this is what we're talking about. Like the outcry was like, you didn't even tell me it was closing down. Like people are freaking out on Twitter. Like they're going there, like taking like TikToks. They're really sad, taking pictures in front of it. And uh, Universe was like, yeah, maybe next time we should have. Uh, we should have just uh, said something. Now I rode the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Shanghai Disney. Okay. And it is a completely mm-hmm. like if they were to change that ride to that, I don't think anybody would complain. It is it is un I can't even describe it. You're in the do you guys guys know about that ride? Oh, I, oh, I, intimately yeah. well, yes. Yeah, so you're like you're like going in the Black Pearl and you're getting blown right. up and and you're with Jack Sparrow and everything and it's just a fast moving you're spinning. Yep. You get sucked into a ship and like even though it was all in like Chinese, it was still really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was well, still really awesome, and I'm just like, this is incredible. It's like they just need to build that. You know, it, um, it's you, funny. You, it's you, funny. Yeah, I actually made a video about about that a few years ago. I, I was saying like, oh man, I, I, you know, I, I wish they would change our pirates here in Anaheim to that, or at least bring those elements in. And like you touched upon, like how fans get very passionate about change, and you wouldn't mm-hmm. believe the hate I got, man. It was like uh, I, the comments were hot. They were so mad at me that I would even suggest such a thing. You know, I'm, well, I'm telling can... you, Jay. You you think that nobody would react to it? I, I can true. guarantee you right now they would be they would be up in arms over that. That would be a big big deal. Sorry, George. No, no, you're fine. I was going to say they could definitely do that for Walt Disney World's pirates because after the fact that I experienced right. Disneyland's, that's like a quarter of that attraction. So you could pretty much do anything to Walt Disney world's pirates and it'll be much better than what it is now. And probably more the, accepted. The mm-hmm. Disneyland pirates is better than the Walt Absolutely. Disney world. Oh, really? yes. What yes. makes it different? There's extra, uh, scenes in, uh, the ride and just the, the ride layout itself. Like you go down several drops just to get into the main core and the scope of the ride itself is just, more breathtaking where while disney world they shorten the the show scenes where it feels rushed where you could actually get the full-fledged story of what pirates of the caribbean is all about at disney it's actually an interesting story because when walt disney world opened it or i should say magic kingdom opened back in 19 uh, october 1st 1971 they didn't have a pirates of the caribbean Think about it. You go down there and, you know, you've just seen the wonderful World of Color TV show. They were hyping this, you know, ride at Disneyland for years and years and years. And then finally, when you go to Castle Park of your own, you go there and the Pirates ride is not there. And the thinking was, was like, well, you know, the that area is right next to the you know Caribbean with real pirates. Maybe they wouldn't take to that like the you know West Coasters would, but they you know they got an opposite reaction there, and the outcry was so loud that they had to put Pirates of the Caribbean there. But they did it in a way that they kind of rushed it in its construction. And you know Mark Davis, one of the lead Imagineers, but uh, you know for that project, just didn't really like he 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 didn't really like the caverns scenes that are in Disneyland's version. So he left those out. He altered the ending a little bit, and what we got was yeah, is it pirates? Sure, but it's kind of pirates light. And uh, you know throughout the community, people looked at that 
the same way that they 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 did for Tower of Terror in Disney California Adventure. You know, it's like it's that ride. Sure, it features a lot of the same elements, but it's kind of pirate or pirates or tower light. Is uh, and, is Jack Sparrow in the in the Disneyland version? Yes, both he versions. Is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And that, there's also a restaurant when you get out. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. It's not. They don't have that in Orlando. You just go to the gift shop. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you pass by a gift shop in, in Disneyland too. I didn't miss that okay. trick, but you definitely have a Blue Bayou or or, or restaurant element uh, with it. You know, that's kind of an interesting story, by the way, because Disneyland's Pirates is actually down right now for a significant refurb, and there's there's chatter, there's some rumor going on that maybe John, you know, uh, Jack Sparrow, as as you mentioned. You know, because of this Johnny Depp trial, is Jack Sparrow going to be there when the attraction reopens? That that there's some conversations there now. Yeah, I personally out, think he will, but uh, who knows? They take him out. That will be. Ooh. I mean, you will hear the cries from the mountaintops. Uh, like like how upset mm-hmm. the uh, restaurant at Shanghai Disney when you get off the Pirates ride sold squid, <laughs> like a whole Whoa. squid, like like the back of the squid tail. And they sold it with rice and a special sauce. And then they also sold what they called a beef rib. You, you could either get a squid, like, and it was big, or a beef rib, which was, like, not good. Because it's like you think American beef rib. And no, it's not what it is. So it's some kind of meatball. But uh, we all had the squid. And I was like, this is surprisingly good. Nice. <laughs> surprisingly good. Real quick, let me grab some Super Chats. And I want to yeah, go from go that to the... Uh, theme park influencers um oh yeah from that theme park casual good dude i see him in everyone your chat as well so it's good to see a great bunch of dudes finally together my favorite theme park casters in one place theme park casual always wears my park hopping shirt too i appreciate him scott campbell says jay no pretense wham that's an inside joke (laughs) i might have to get it later scott since this is a podcast recording uh so yeah spearing with a five dollar super sticker thank you brother i will see you this week at the comic-con it's awesome and here we get into ashton ashton is so passionate splash mountain never forget the interior anger oh the internet anger yeah yeah it was it was rough we did that we want the redhead i want to debate orange grove we got that wicked virtue for five dollar super sticker thank you so much uh i appreciate it ashton for five the ride wasn't changed for feminism. It was changed to sell merchandise to little girls because Kira Knightley oh. didn't want to do the films anymore. Ooh. Look at her coming in with her hot take. Yeah. Uh, as thank you for the five. Feminism was a red herring. The real reason was merchandise, according oh. to. But even still, that's a terrible reason to change the ride. I to sell more shirts. Yeah. The purpose of Disneyland's Pirates is to is to time travel via waterfall, according to Walt. Right. I do not know that uh, if that's that's true or not. But thank you, Ashton, for all the uh, all the money you just gave me. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I don't know else? if it's a I don't know if it's according to Walt, but that's definitely a theory out there that when yeah. you when you fall in, you're falling into the dream of the pirates, and and that's kind of you know where your adventure begins. You see all this hidden like history nugget oh, stuff yeah. that people don't realize when it comes to uh theme parks and uh disney and all that stuff but again like i i was talking about the uh the theme park vlogger like the theme park influencer and how i have to say that i know a lot of them personally and when the camera's not on they're pretty nice people (laughs) like like they're, they're just like normal people 
uh, yeah. doing doing a job. And but what I um what really shook the core to that community, and I've never seen anything like it, was the Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah. And when a lot of them went to the Galactic Star Cruiser and came out with their reviews saying it's fun, it's this, it's that, you should go, whatever they said, a lot of people were angry with them. I mean, like I've never seen it that bad. I've seen people like, oh, you, you say everything is good over there. Uh, fine, whatever it is. But I've never seen like even good friends of mine reached out to me privately and asked me not to show their uh, because I was showing like the Star Cruiser clips like on this channel during a live stream. And we had sure. like almost 2000 people. We did it three days in a row wow. um, watching and they were like, hey, you want to do me a solid and not like. And I'm like, I don't want any hate to go to anyone. I was like, just trying to make sure that no hate was going to the viewer that I was showing. But um, they they were on Twitter and in there. One, one of them goes live from the theme parks. And I, I don't want to mention their name because I don't want any issues going to them. Yeah. They're very well respected. They usually carry about 5,000 people per live stream. They did a live stream the day after the Star Cruiser. And they stopped their live stream an hour in because all the all the comments were like, "You're lying to us. You're this. You're that. You got to go for free. We can't Whoa. afford six grand. This and that." It was a non. And they ended it. They went on Twitter and they were just like, "I don't know what. Like, I'm sorry you feel this way. Yes, we were given a free trip, um, but we were given our experience, and I'm sorry you feel that way." Then they didn't go live for another four days um, after that. But it was a nonstop. Uh, for whatever reason, it was the Star Cruiser that tipped the scale for a lot of them. Yeah. And, you know, they went back and some of them even changed some of their video settings or made a video follow up saying, I want everyone to know that I got to go for free. So please, you know, like understand that. And it, do you think things like that, uh, like just start from the beginning, what do you feel about theme park influencers? I and mean, we're talking TikTok. YouTube, yeah. you know, like like things like that. Like, where where do you where do you guys feel? Because that's how I found you guys. You guys did a video on their influence uh -huh. and their views and how things how the bar graph was going in the wrong direction. Uh -huh. um, because I think people and I'll I'll stop. But I think we were we came off a pandemic. People were locked at home. Yeah, people lost their jobs, and then the Star Cruiser was like, "Come stay with us for five grand." <laughs> <laughs> and it was like yeah, uh, what? Yeah. yeah, so it's like um but it's their business. They could run the, their model any way they want. Um, but we could also criticize or praise whatever they, they come out. So what how, what do you guys think about all that? I, I think that like the thing the thing with the influencer culture um is that whenever you get a highly monetized um situation, uh there's always there's always going to be some kind of level of corruption there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's going to be the standouts that are going to be honest no matter what. Right. But like, there are going to be that, those, those kind of like the level of like, okay, well, yeah, it's a, like you said, Jay, like a free trip. So I'm going to, you know, I'm kind of, kind of kissing a little uh, Disney butt here a little. Right. So there is that element there. And I think that really, it just comes down to each individual kind of like content creator that look, I mean, honesty is, you can love something and be completely honest. You can hate something and be completely honest. Yeah. And when you're watching these vloggers, you just have to know that like 
do you trust this person? If you trust that person, it doesn't matter if they got them for free or not, because their opinion, you value their opinion, right? You know, so like, for example, like I'm a big Star Wars guy. I love Star Wars and mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge Christian Harlow fan. I, I, I love his content. And he'll come out and he'll say, yeah, that, that Star Wars thing sucked, you know, but he gets in for free for all the movie premieres. You know, he gets invited to everything, but it doesn't really affect his, his like viewpoint, right? Like he still is like, he keeps it like real. In my opinion, I feel like he keeps it honest. And I think that with the bloggers, there are a lot of them out there that are not keeping it real. Okay. They yeah. are just not hundred percent, not keeping it real, but there are, there are, there are a few out there that are, that are getting into the invited into these things that are keeping it real. So it's really up to the viewer. Like, Hey, you know, where, where do you feel with this particular vlogger or that particular vlogger? Do you trust their opinion? And, you know, I think that's what it really boils down to because anyone, anyone can be corrupted, but I think a lot, there's still a lot of good people out there that can still give a, a, a decent, honest opinion, even if they're, if they're, if they're going for free. And there are a lot that do not, and they are completely, you know, just kind of doing what they have to do to get the access. So it really does depend. Well, and I think too, that's where the backlash comes, <clears throat> excuse me, with the Star Cruiser, because if you go and you do a review at a restaurant, and, you know, they happen to be kind of putting up to say, oh, this tastes great. This is the best thing I've had all, you know, since being here. You know, then you go and you spend 20 bucks and you say, hey, you know what? I, this is nothing compared to what they had reviewed on their vlog. Well, then you can kind of get over it and move on. When you take the Star Cruiser and you attach a $6,000 price tag to that, right. it's yeah. like you want everything to a T from beginning to end. If it was free or not, what is the 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 truth behind it all? If right. I'm really going to put my own money into this, now I have said this before on OG55. Um, I really commend uh, Pete Werner from the Diz Unplugged because he is a huge fan of that. If they do not pay with their own money, they do not do a review. Yeah, and that is his personal business you know how he runs his company how he runs the youtube channel but i commend him for that because if he said you want a real honest opinion and review then we have to be able to fork out our own money to be able to do so yeah yeah and and, and it's it's interesting because it speaks to some some issues right some people really don't like media <laughs> and 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 we've seen kind of media access right for big premieres of, of different things right and some people are like well yeah but they were taken out by this person or that person you know can you really trust them kind of thing or you know are they you know are they just are they just doing are they just doing or saying things to continue their levels of access and that happens definitely in our space uh with with the vloggers and stuff because they're pretty much kind of like pseudo media and you know when they get you know uh, either free trips or 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 free you know experiences as part of disney right you know uh, yeah. that they're giving them out and stuff like that you know it's definitely one of those things i know for a fact that disney themselves they rate media influencers on a scale you know from like a to I think uh, when I heard it last, it was like A to E or something like that. And if you're in the lower rungs, you're always trying to get to the, to, the, to the top. And sometimes you say or do things to try to get you to those places. I know for a fact that that happens with some people. Uh, so, so, you know, some of that comes out of, you know, some kind of like, hey, you know, you're just saying these things to get on Disney's good side to continue this thing. And, and sometimes that does indeed happen. But other times, you know, 
some reviews can really be genuine. Um, you know, some people can have actually some some kind of some opinions, right? That 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 express how they really feel without that kind of influence, and it's hard to distill between those two things. From from my standpoint, I kind of say, hey, rate everybody individually. If if they're come, if you think that they're coming off as ingenuine, you know, they'll they'll have those telltale signs. But but in Star Cruiser's case, the delta of zero dollars to six thousand dollars is huge it's massive and it was it, it it was one of these things where it wasn't like a theme park attraction where you pay a set price and you get in i mean it was a huge huge deal and when you're getting those things for no cost can that affect you i mean honestly i think it can and and, and people were reacting to that sometimes in bad ways so i um when it comes to the star cruiser disney that was probably disney's worst job of marketing yeah like they never delete stuff and brian actually brian has a great comment disney realized those awesome promo ads didn't work yeah so they had to go another route bribing youtubers with free access uh, oh jolly gee guys that didn't work are you serious yeah, yeah. yeah. can't imagine why that didn't work you know so <laughs> i have i i have two close friends that worked on the construction and another one that works on that works there and I, I also have the thing is, too, it's like I have family and friends that work at Disney parks. And so it's with all this stuff going on, like, again, that's a whole nother discussion. But it's just it breaks my heart, you know, to see things like that. But he was he was telling me stuff that I, like um, about the, like the Star Cruiser. And he's just like, I don't know how they're going to pull this off. It's so bad. Like, and so you really? just kind of like. Yeah, I know. And my thing and they handed out cards to everyone that got a free shot even though some people denied it. Um I seen them. I was there like I like they they had these little cards that they wanted each influencer to hit on their videos somehow to like maintain. Yeah, and so it's like when you hear all that stuff, you're just kind of like, "Come on, man. I I don't care if people get it for free. I just yeah. tell me at the beginning of your video. You That's go. all yeah. I want. Yeah. For me personally, if you got a free $6,000 day somewhere, all power to you. I mean, congratulations. Like, right. it's a tough world out there. So if they want to give you something, at least say, before this video begins, I want you to know I went for free. Because the truth of the matter is, a lot of people can come out of the star cruiser and say they had fun. Listen, I can go to Walmart and come out saying I had fun there. You know, like, it's right. like yeah. I, I can have, <laughs> that's just who I am as a person. Sure. But what, which Walmart do you go to? <laughs> <laughs> if you go at three in the morning, like you can just sit there and watch and it's quite entertaining, but it's, it, and so when, when they go into this, if they go into and saying, you know, I've, I paid for it, or I got it for free, then watching it, I'm like, okay, then I, I, I'm cool with that. Like I had a great time. Well, sure. If I had a free trip, uh, I'd get, you know, I'd have a free time too, but at least they're honest up front and tell you the the thing right now that's going on with Disney, um, amongst some of the other political problems, let's just go to the theme park issues that I have. And these influencers are trying to sell. So the first thing is the reservation system. Yeah. Uh, I have a huge issue with the reservation system. Someone that runs a theme park channel myself over at Geeks and Gamers called Park Hoppin. If you didn't know that, it's in the link. It's in the description as well. Uh, it's our job to go over there and see what's going on, what's new, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And it's I don't know how it is in California, but 
you know, I have the top tier pass that was, you know, given to me and to say, we need you to cover stuff and go there and all that stuff, which, which basically means I should be able, it's the golden ticket. I should be able to go whenever I please, you know, but now <laughs> it don't work like that no more. It's, it's so if people don't understand how it works, it's, I got I have a ticket that has no blackout dates. Mm-hmm. So I go online or the app, and I I want to go Wednesday. So if I go on um I go on Wednesday, and I see I want to go to Epcot. Well, you can't go; it's full. All right, what about Animal Kingdom? Sorry, boss, that's full too. Magic Kingdom, you might as well forget about that. We're booked up for two weeks, uh, you know, and so on. So it's like I paid all this money for a ticket, and I can't even use it to go. Um, how is this working now? And then when you go into the inner workings, at least for the Orlando side, they block out and I'm just, just using a regular number. So people understand. So let's just say they're going to allow a thousand people into the magic kingdom every day. So literally it's like they block out 300 people for the annual pass. Then they block out enough people for the hotel guests. Even if you stay at a hotel, you still have to make a reservation to go so they block out like 200 for the hotel and then the rest they want for ticket sales because that generates a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's the system that they have there. For me personally, it's terrible. I mean, yeah. it, it's terrible. You, There's a big theme park YouTuber now that just put out a video saying, I'm not, I'm not going back to Disney anymore uh, because, wow. and then we saw that from Adam the Woo. He was like, I should never have bought a Disney ticket. Uh, and things like that. And there's other people now coming forward saying, I'm not buying another annual pass anymore because there's no point in it. Yeah. You know, so I can't, does California work the same way? Like, See, is that how the magic key works over there or is it a little different? It's, it's, it's pretty much the same. Uh, there, there's buckets. So the magic key holders have a bucket that they like, you know, a reservation bucket. And then like mm-hmm. the day ticketers and the tourists, you know, that are just buying like, you know, tickets for a few days, they have their own bucket. The problem though, in California, and this is a lot different than what the, the issue that you guys have, like in Orlando is that in, in, in California, we have so many, um, magic key annual pass holders i mean we have a huge local base right right so the problem i can i can understand why disney wanted to separate these buckets because if you were to put them all together at least in anaheim um like the tourists wouldn't ever get a shot at it because we have so many locals and like Mm -hmm. annual pass holders and magic keys that they would they would flood the system you know, and nobody like that family from Japan or that family from Texas or whatever would never be able to get a shot because you got people coming, you know, like the locals like flooding that system. I understand why Disney did what they did, but I do think though, and there's a lawsuit now, the Magic Key lawsuit. The whole I was going to bring that up too. Like it's oh. progressing, like it's going to the next step. Mm-hmm. Five million next dollars. Step. She's suing Disney for this ticket. Five million. Yep. Five million. And, that's, and, actually, and that's a problem, you know, because. I think Disney could have done a better job. I think at kind of uh, if you're going to add, see the problem is is that they, they 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 took the old system, the old kind of system, and then they, they then they kind of shoehorned the reservation thing on top of it. Right. I think they really need to needed to revamp it. I think they should have got rid of the blackout language. 
right out the gate when they re when they reimagined it and, and, and created sort of a tier system based on how many days a year you can reserve or something to that effect. I think when they try to kind of play both worlds, okay, we're gonna have the old system, but we're gonna kind of overlay this reservation system on top of it. It didn't work, you know, and, and we're seeing the chickens came home to roost now with that. So I think Disney could have done a better job at that. Um, kind of kind of that rollout, you know, but I understand where they came from, though, with the buckets and trying to sort of control everything. Because here's the other thing, too. A lot of people say, well, Universal doesn't have reservations. So why can't Disney just not have reservations? But they're two different animals. You know, we also have to remember Disney is a very the demand, at least in California, the demand for Disneyland Resort is a whole nother animal compared to Universal Hollywood. Uh, I mean, Walt Disney World or, or Disney Magic Kingdom is the most visited park in the entire world every single year. Yep, right. So it is the most visited park every it's it's like they they have this record thing where it's like what's the most visited park? It's the Magic Kingdom. Now we have five like four parks and like a like a Disney uh Disney Springs uh which is like downtown Disney for you guys, but yep. Yeah, so Magic Kingdom is number 1. Of 18 the million. entire world. <laughs> More yep. people Eight. visit the Magic Kingdom than any place in the entire world. We've had that record here in Florida for like 20 plus years. So 18 million vi- viewer um, visitors a year. Uh, that's, right. how, that's how much. It's, it's huge. So, and, Go ahead. And, and, and so, and so the, 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 I think the approach from Disney is going to be different from that of Universal because Universal right now, their focus right now, and rightfully so, is, is kind of building on their market share, expanding market share. Where Disney is sort of like, well, they're, they got they already have all that demand, and now they're kind of in in in, in the role of kind of mitigating because we, they they got too mm. many people. They're trying to mitigate a little bit, so there's two different approaches. So I understand the mindset from a business perspective of like, okay, Disney wants to kind of mitigate Universal. Everyone's welcome, um, but they got but they got to they got to they got to kind of tweak the program though. Disney does and, and and figure out a good balance where you're keeping your fans happy at the same time you know you're allowing the control because a lot of people are mad a lot of people are pissed off with that reservation system so and disney was going in that direction with flex pass uh, it was a it was a flex pass service that was debuted shortly before the whole world collapsed right <laughs> in, in 2020 mm-hmm. but it was it was based on a reservation system apparently some people liked it and but but you know eagle eye viewers were going oh wait a minute they're probably going to adapt this system and broaden it out and include maybe all the passes within this flex FlexPass system eventually at some point. Well, it turns out a couple of years later that actually did happen with uh, when when they relaunched the Magic Key program and the annual pass hold program at uh, at at Walt Disney World. And look, it, it's it's unbelievably frustrating. And I think the company was looking at it, going, "Hey, we're going to have a lot of pent up demand for when these parks reopen. How do we control that? How about we implement a, a you know a reservation system? Obviously, some of those." Some, you know, the, the idea was for a mitigation of, of, of overall capacity for, for COVID, right? But, but then it turned into, okay, operationally, this will work out because we can take, you know, we can spread people out. So if we yep. deny access to people one day, they'll go probably the next day or the next day or the next day. We can spread them out throughout the week so we don't get those lulls in the middle of the week spread out. Disneyland, like OG was, was saying, I mean, 75% of the annual attendance at Disneyland 
is uh, people that, you know, live within, I think, 250 miles of the state. So you have to really kind of you kind of look at that. Disneyland, by the way, is not so far off from Magic Kingdom in terms of, uh, you know, popularity or or, uh, attendance per year. I mean, it's I think it's like three or four in that list. I mean, you you have a lot and a lot of those are annual pass holders and you have to control that population somehow. I was hearing for years about how that was actually going to come about hard caps on annual passes, maybe annual passes that were like three to five thousand dollars. You know, I heard all kinds of rumors, but they, they, they settled on them here. Uh, yeah, they hard they yeah hard they capped the annual pass here. So and they did the same they did the same thing here if I'm not mistaken. You can't get a dream key right now if if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you, the only annual pass you can get in Florida if you weren't grandfathered in mm-hmm. is the low tier. I believe that's what it is. It's like the low right. So I, I think it's like a pixie pass, pass or whatever. Or like uh, the yeah. pixie dust pass. Now is that it's, only yeah. for is that only for Florida locals? For only for Florida so, locals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so you had to you had to rein this in or at least the company felt that they were going to do so but like og said they just ramrodded this reservation system into this split up all of the various demographics and they were trying to split those buckets up to give disproportionate levels of access to to you know domestic and international tourists over locals right but the problem was is they denied so many uh annual passes that got them into legal trouble i believe one of our commenters uh on in the comment section said well i kind of felt that that lawsuit was going to throw it out but when you read it she had some legitimate claims and according to california law which you know they love the regulation out there they love consumer protection you could read it how there were there were there were some grievances here that weren't addressed uh, with Disney's system, and and I know they were talking about revamping it. Unfortunately, they didn't end up doing that, and that's really gotten them into some issues for it, sure. If that if that woman wins this lawsuit, do you yeah, think it will huge. change everything? Because it, I think because people will I, other people will jump on that. Uh-huh. If oh, she yeah. wins, I I don't. If she wins, I don't think she will win five million. Um, but right. you never know. <laughs> I mean, well, you, just, a, it, you never know. But it's a class action for anybody to yeah. jump on. That's one. Right. But two, we're already seeing changes on it. Uh, interestingly enough, as soon as that lawsuit was filed, Disney changed the ratios of those buckets. Uh, per- yeah. Previously, they were letting in like maybe twenty five percent of you know uh, of their daily attendance annual pass holders. Well, now it's like fifty fifty. So they've already adjusted to it, kind of understanding that hey, maybe winning for her is a possibility. I think if they do, if she does win, they will be forced to revamp the entire system, change a TOS to include language in it that that you know gets them out of this. Take off the blackout uh, language that's in there, replace it with something else. They'll have to revamp. But for annual passes right now, and and honestly for the reservation system in general at both these parks, um, at both these coasts, I should say, a lot of it's labor. A lot of it's, you know, they cannot hire to the degree that they need to to, to properly fill uh, these certain locations to exceed a, 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 a minimum amount of, of, of capacity, right? They can't they can't increase that capacity level because they just don't have the, the, the cast members working there to facilitate that. So they hard cap it with the reservation system. A lot of things go into it, and it's it's it's. I don't like it. I really don't. I'm kind of rooting for this lawsuit to 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 work out and kind of kind of upend things because I do think Disney may have rushed it. I do think they didn't use the legal terminology that was required to, you know, to 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 free them of this. And you know, we're just gonna have to see. Real quick, uh, that's a great point. Uh, my main man, bruh, for five dollars says, bruh. 
for us. Yes. I love his dedication to who he is. I mean, it's, it's no one better. Everyone give bruh some bruhs in the chat. I mean, that's just how it is. Bruh. Christine, the cat, the killer, bruh. I almost said bruh. the killer cat. Sorry. Christine, the killer car. Wow. Just popping in to say hello. First time watching. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, this is a live podcast recording. So thanks for being Look at all the bruhs in the chat. Um, so the reservation system leads me to the next Disney disaster, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what you're going to say. A Genie Plus. Ah, uh, the Genie Plus. So I used the Genie Plus one time. We did it on a video over on the Park Hopping channel. And my whole day, I wasted a lot of money on that. And it was like, okay. Like, it didn't work. The app kept crashing. It's on the video. People could see the app kept crashing. So then I'm taking the crashed app to, like, the the poor cast member. And again, I will never stand for anyone attacking a cast member or anything like that. I think that's that's trashy. They are the only magic left, in my opinion, right now from Disney. Those people work extra hard over there and they deal with a lot of garbage. Don't get mad at the cast members. They are doing their very, very best. And I'm taking like the crash after the cast. Member. They don't know what to do. And this doesn't work. And I can't get the right time. And then everything's just and I'm like, this is nuts. Like. You're a billion dollar corporation. Find someone to make your app that works, uh, you know, and and yeah. I haven't really used it since because I haven't been to Disney in a while. Um, but the uh, I, again, we compare it to Universal. Universal, you buy a ticket, you're good to go. My annual pass on Universal has the fast pass that kicks in at four. I think that's a fantastic idea for any annual pass at the theme parks. Um, yeah. But. You know, again, two different theme parks, two different styles, a different type of uh, different type of demand and and people. Uh, your thoughts on the G- so for all right, just re- let me explain it to the chat. If you don't know what the Genie Plus is, it's yeah. you download that app, the Disney app. It's a pay to play fast pass. So they put some rides in a combo pack. I think it's like sixteen dollars, mm-hmm. and then some of the more favorite ride attractions you pay singly to get a fat a line a fast pass a line skip or whatever they call it lightning lanes to get in a line that's going to get you to the ride faster it's almost as if they were they could sell a book of tickets in my opinion it's just kind of the same thing it's like here's one for that if you can get it in time um and and a lot of the um like rise of the resistance here sells out at 7 a.m every day it's literally the same thing as they did with the virtual queue um sell it out every day me and my brother who's in the chat waited and there's a video on there and the comment sections are filled with joy (laughs) we waited in line for rise of the resistance we wanted to know because they opened up the normal queue we waited in line for Rise of Resistance for five hours. And the only reason why we did that was to make a video. That's the only reason. Other than that, I'm telling you, chat, we would not have stayed in that line. The only That was the only reason to bring news, to tell people how bad of a system this is. Because what they did in the normal line, uh-huh. they just moved one family at a time. So if it was a party of two, that's it. The rest was Genie Plus. So that's the reason why the main line did not move. They just were like, next up, party of four, one. They filled up. And, and if you don't know Rise of the Resistance, they take about 30 people at a time. Right. And so it's like four people from the regular line, everybody else Genie Plus. So either they sold way too many Genie Plus things that day, 
which wouldn't surprise me or it's just messed up and you're just kind of like this is insanity like we'll never do it again like it was for the video he there he is in the chat he was like it sucked um but we and people were like that was a good video <laughs> but yeah like we did it we literally were mentally ready to go we're doing it for the video we brought stuff popcorn everything to keep us entertained oh my um, gosh but then of course the ride breaks down like three times that was expected for rise resistance but your thoughts on the genie plus fast pass syst- lightning lane system for disney. it's the only reason why I go to disney <laughs> <laughs> George with the hot take. <laughs> I I have so many thoughts, but I'll, I'll let my uh, fellow panelists go first because I I got a lot of thoughts. I got to organize them. You know, you, you know, uh, Gretz eight zero two in the chat says microtransactions, and that's exactly what Genie Plus is. It's a microtransaction. It's like when I was a kid growing up in the eighties, I used to love Nintendo, man. Like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, I was all into gaming. And then once it got into like, I think it was like the mid nineties, I started to kind of just kind of get over it because everything was like an add on charge. It was like, Oh, you want more memory? Buy more. You want this? You want buy more. Right. It was all these micro transactions. And now I don't even, I don't play games anymore, you know, but I was into it when I was a kid. I was, I was all about Nintendo. You know, I loved it. And I think that genie plus is kind of the same idea. It, it's kind of like the, the theme park version of micro transactions, you know? And um, look, I understand uh why they do it um you know they're 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 trying they're they're trying to they're trying to get back into the into the into the black a little bit you know california we were close for like a year and some change i dre you got the exact number what was that dre 400 and what uh 412 days sir but uh, who's counting there you go 412 (laughs) days here in close so i get it i understand from like the from the executive point of view why they 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 want this service but i agree and i think you even mentioned it the other day dre if you're going to have a pay-to-play service, a skip-the-line service, yeah, you should probably charge more because right now there's too many si- people in that system. It's not working out. If so you make you it wanna... more exclusive, it, like Universal does, which is, is Universal is more pricey, but when you get in that line, it's oh, faster. Do it that way. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. The For people that don't realize, uh, and then we'll talk a little numbers. The, just so you guys know, the Universal Fast Pass over the summer is three hundred and eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. It's more than the ticket to get in, right? And so they do charge a lot. Uh, but you're right; it's but it works because the it works line uh, goes anyway. Continue. Oh no! And the reason it does work is because, well, I mean, you know. You can't have the world ride, uh, you know, Splash Mountain or Pirates of the Caribbean or whatever, right? These things have a set capacity. They can only put so many people through per hour, right? So if everybody at Disneyland, let's say, wanted to ride Pirates of the Caribbean, as we were talking about before, they wouldn't all be able to ride it because that ride does, I think, like 1,800 guests per hour. So you're only going to get, out of a 16-hour day, maybe 25,000 guests or 20,000 guests per day. But that doesn't equal to the 50,000 to 65,000, I guess, that show up per day. Uh, those are kind of old numbers from before, but the four times, but it's pretty close right now. So it's 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 one of those things that you have to dig into that that overall ride capacity in order to provide some of these services. So with FastPass, they kind of split it. It was kind of one of those things where it was like, okay, well, all right, so let's let's take the capacity of the of the ride, let's split it up, and you know the person at that at that junction point, right, that that takes your ticket. Fast pass ticket and will allow you to go in front of other standby uh, people. That was always like a 
kind of like an 80 to 1 ratio, right? So for every get, for every 80 fast pass guests, one standby guest gets to go through. That's kind of how it was. Oh, that Star Wars girl, big fan. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, look at uh, that, so, Anna. Look at that. Look at that. Huge fan. Huge fan. <laughs> uh, but 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 now with Genie Plus, that that whole thing is completely upended. Completely right. upended. I mean. For Genie Plus, it, it just doesn't work the same as FastPass. It, it, with with Genie Plus, the Genie Plus-ers get uh, a huge priority uh, when you go to these lines. And that's why for the standby, because there's so many people on the system, that's why the standby is extremely slow. Because that ratio now is like 100 to 1 or 110 to 1 or 120 to 1. So right. the standby waits forever. Because so many people are on the Genie Plus system, now your Genie Plus wait is forever. And because of that accessibility and that low cost, it's just creating these 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 places of havoc. It's oh, it's wild! It's but, wild. Remember, you're you're dealing with a set capacity for these attractions. You can only you know you can only div- divvy that up so much, and it's really playing havoc with operations. People hate it. I mean. Uh, you know, a, a big person in our space is Len Testa. He's, uh, you know, running touring plans. He, you know, he, he's he's like a, a statistician when it comes to this stuff. It's wild how much he knows about about all this stuff. He has forgotten more than I will ever know. Let's just put it that way. But he was he was saying, I've been doing this for a long, long time. I've never seen a product, service, whatever program that's been as reviled as the Genie Plus mm. service. I mean, it really isn't working for everybody. And yes, Universal charges a lot. But like you said, if you remove that level of access or that accessibility, right, and you keep those numbers down, that's actually better for everybody. The standby moves more efficiently because that junction point cast member has less, they, they have less onus to, to, to put as many of those people through because there's there is so many people on the system. And and um, and for the people who actually buy into it, that works out a lot better because there's less people to compete with that system. The- so th- this I, I've advocated for this, and from what I understand, well- Disney is against raising the cost they are they're they're they're, from what i understand from what i'm hearing in my sources they're against it they're probably going to have like a hard cap on it just like they did with annual passes which is going to you know piss off a whole new round of people right and we're going to be back here but this program was bungled from stem to stern it is really bad uh also too any of you guys you can look up after this video obviously defunct land fast pass he has a fast pass video great video great video he goes really in depth with it and you can kind of see how the system works at least on a fast pass level and adapt that to max or or, uh, genie plus trust me it's it's worth a watch but i have seen a lot of people using the standby line where the numbers don't actually match up of how long that they're waiting in line so i'm wondering if that's certain attractions like the bigger popular attractions that only take the one in at a time and then all the genie plus because i have seen where people actually go on their phone and they time themselves and it's like every time and it's always but i will say this george it's every every park every ride uh we get we and it's become a habit to me now and my brother who's in the chat when we get in line we're like all right so it's 45 minutes and we start the clock and mm-hmm. it's all all from Universal to SeaWorld. It's all inflated. Right. Yeah. It's all inflated almost by 15, some 30 minutes. Like I don't I don't know how they adjust it anymore. There used to be a time where they would like see someone and go, hey, can mm-hmm. you wear this necklace? <laughs> and you get like right. this big red card. And you're like, yeah. OK. And like you just stand in line and they're like, thank you. They'd scan it. 
And then I guess once they scan it, they gave it to you. They scan it. The 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 wait time would change. But so, but, but think about that perverse incentivization now. Now that you're actually charging for it, it's in their best interest to inflate those wait times and to make Genie Plus a more desirable purchase, right? It may not be it may not be the incentive anymore to have the most efficient operation. A lot of people don't realize this, but that theoretical capacity number for that um, for the hourly capacity of any given attraction can change and fluctuate depending on how efficient that ride is operating, how many vehicles are actually running the course, and so forth, right? So, hey. You know what? If the ride breaks down, or or or, or uh, well, actually, that's a worse. That's 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 really bad because now you're losing capacity and you have to take those new plus members and shove them on other rides or shove them on a later date in the ride. So that that backs it up even further. But that's a whole other story. But hey, you know what? Maybe we don't have every single ride vehicle on there to get you to that maximum the- theoretical capacity number, right? Maybe we just we leave a couple of coasters off, let's say, and get those ride time those wait times pumped up. Maybe we add 10 minutes on there. And then from a person looking at the app and looking to see if they want to make that purchase, they see, "Ooh, what is that? Uh, uh, um Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, how much is it?" It's 120 minutes. No, I'm going to go ahead and buy this Max pa- this this yeah. Genie Plus service, right? right? And so that's kind of where it's going and and that was my biggest fear and apparently that's coming true. I mean, there's a reason why the not this past quarter, but the quarter before the theme parks for Disney uh, made three billion dollars more than expected. Yeah. And at least here in or I believe it was Orlando, um, no, maybe Disney all around. But they they made a lot of money. Universal did as well. Universal set records yep. uh, for profit. So a lot of people were coming. Now, the biggest thing is that there has been exit polls from people leaving the theme parks and some uh like there's these websites that had these exit polls like uh tour orlando tourists or things like that i I did a video on it actually on this channel and a few others using these exit polls where people were like yeah i was at home for two years i just wanted to go to disney disney has done an excellent job for the past 30 plus years marketing you want to go on a vacation? You go to Disney. Listen, at the end of every Super Bowl, hey, where are you going, Super Bowl champs? I'm going, I'm to, going Disney to Disney World. World. Yeah, so yep. it's like they've done an excellent job. So it's kind of like on people's minds. The Vacation Kingdom. A, and all those exit polls, they they uh, they talked to a thousand people from December to February, and a lot of them were like, "It's about." I think it was like eighty percent of the people were like, "I'm not coming back to Disney." Wow. Yeah, I'm not going to come back. So, and then some people were saying. That, and these are just people's thoughts, everyone. I don't, there's not exact numbers that it's going to take a three year bubble to see if Disney stays on the, the current path with the way they sell their tickets, the Genie Plus, and how they run their parks right now um, with the crowds. With like, uh, it's just not as, it's like, it's, it's not the shiny nickel that it has been in the past where people mm-hmm. are starting to complain about certain things and, and, and like the, the little touch of deet or touch of magic or whatever it is. Um, has gone and so people are like i'm just gonna find other options like i'm gonna do other options so a lot i've heard a lot of predictions saying that it'll probably take three years um to see if they keep that current trend if the numbers will start to go down so at the end of the day if people don't realize the uh all the theme parks right now here in orlando are extra packed i mean all of them not just disney universal sea world bush gardens the big ones that are here they are so packed, like beyond crazy. This is why I, one of the reasons why I only go to <laughs> like Universal because I have that fast pass that kicks in at four. Um, they're, they're just 
they're just beyond packed. And and we saw those packed levels um, right around February, and they just haven't stopped. I mean, it they have not stopped. And I can only imagine what how bad summer's going to be because people are coming. But if they don't change like some of their business model, I, I think uh, they said three years that the bubble could bust. Do you guys think that, or do you think they have to make some changes, or? It's it's a, it's a tough call. It's yeah. a tough call because because I've been I've been kind of in like this like Disney community space for a long time, and I've kind of seen for years and years and years and years. I've seen a lot of like you, you see a lot of like anger on like social media and like like even old school like Usenet AOL days. I'm I'm talking way back. You know, people would complain about the parks, but then they people keep going though. You know, and that's the thing. That's and, and, and I say this on my channel constantly. Like, if you're not happy with something you got to vote with your wallet. And if you are happy with something, vote with your wallet. And a lot of people don't do that. They, they go on Twitter and they, and, and they complain on Twitter and then they go and they renew their magic key. It's like, no, if you're unhappy with your magic key, don't renew it. If you're happy with it, renew it. But you, you just got to vote with that wallet because especially right now, Bob Chapek is so data-driven. He is so data-driven. He is so, we've seen it, you know? I mean, he is so into those numbers. And you can really, you can really affect change in a positive way if you just, if you just really voted with how you feel, with the money. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. Like I'm calling it now. Like in August, when when the magic keys are up for renewal, I bet most most fans renew. I bet most fans renew, despite yeah. all the anger. I bet they renew. Yeah. And, and that's unfortunate. If you're really unhappy, you really shouldn't. And if you're happy, then renew it. That's fine. I'm not saying one way or the other. But people most of the time don't vote with their wallet. Especially I wonder though, man. Because we've got vloggers that have come out and said, "I'm not buying it again." Like, like a, like Adam the Woo, like yeah. uh, Prince Charming Dev, who's just made a video saying, "I, I don't think I'm gonna go back, or I'm not gonna buy the annual pass anymore." These are like heavy influencers, you know, yeah, heavy that, hitters. Yeah, that are like, I just don't like it. I'm done. Like, I, I'm, I'm done with it. So it, it's that's, and that's how they make their money. By going to the parks and making right. videos. So you're just kind of like, and they're not the only ones that have said things that are like influencers like that. And you're just kind of like, wow. <laughs> like and and, and, and you, you know, know what, Jay? And you know what, Jay? I respect the hell out of that. Because what you yeah. just said, the, um, Adam the Woo and Prince Charming Dev, they, like you said, they make their money on that. And yet, you know what? They're, gonna, they're not going to renew and they're going to vote with their wallet. You know, I respect the hell out of that, man. That 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 is really that that's that I I really really like to see stuff like that because they're putting their literally their money where their mouth is and 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 taking a stand. You got to respect that, whether you agree, disagree, whatever. But yeah. that's you know, I mean, you know, Disney, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, uh, they spent a lot of years indenturing a lot of goodwill and a lot of uh, you know emotional connection to these places right and that's what keeps people coming back and stuff like that people have a good time they continue to have a good time and go and so forth but when 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 the parks were shut down and they had to reopen and they had to deal with all this demand they had to implement some of these systems to control that uh they really they, they had advanced they had enhanced demand and with everybody coming in they burnt a lot of goodwill in my opinion they, they implemented systems that were unbelievably unpopular and have and have uh, really amounted to 
diminished experiences from what people remember. So people are coming back and they're like, oh, hey, I'm, I finally get to go to Disney. And it's like, whoa, I have to deal with what now? Reservation? Genie Plus? <laughs> what are you saying? Like, you know, it's it's a much different thing. And I think I think about it and I go, I look at Disneyland, you know, our kind of home park here on the West Coast. Yeah. I look at it and I go, you know what? It's not that much different from, you know, 2019. Yeah, sure, there's not a parade and some, some entertainment's still coming back. But I look at it and I go, hey, all the attractions are operating and they're operating, you know, and, and, they, and they all look uh, relatively good, right? You got Nighttime Entertainment coming back. You're going to have Fantasmic back. I look at it and I go, why are people so upset about their their visits? Even Adam the Wu recently visited, uh, uh, you know, to Disneyland. And even he said at the end of the day, you know what? We didn't get as much done as we wanted to. We didn't have the best day that we wanted to. And it's like, how is that possible if everything's kind of, you know, running as it's supposed to? And it comes down to operations. That's yep. really the difference right now. And those operations, in my opinion, are really they're souring a lot of that good, you know, goodwill. They're creating that this bad will, this kind of bad taste in people's mouths. And, and I really do hope that people that that the operators kind of realign themselves and, and kind of and 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 see those surveys, see that data, and make those operational changes. Because I'm hearing bad surveys even internal in the company. Wow. I'm hearing about you know bad bad reactions, and and I think Christopher Rufo just put out a put out a statistic where. You know, Disney, as far as brands go, it went from 77% approval to now 33% approval. I mean, these things are changing. They're changing fast. And, and hopefully there's a course correction. But, you know, if people still show up, you've now made um, you've now accepted it and have made their actions acceptable. So <laughs> I, I would I would put that out. That and I'm guilty of that. Saying. Honestly, I, I am guilty <laughs> of that because, you know, there's things internally with the company that I don't personally agree with right now but yet i'm a sucker i love going to the parks and you know they have my money and <laughs> i but it's i think it's because i do apologize folks here comes oh, no, our my, my daily train. train it's okay it's okay <laughs> but um that um what was i talking about you're talking about uh, that you have your money uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> so you know i think had i not been fully invested with the company growing up as a child and into my teenage years, if someone were to say, Hey, do you want to go to Disney and check it out for the first time ever right now with me being an adult? I probably would just for the experience, yeah. but I would have to say, I probably wouldn't go back due to the circumstances of what they're going through now. No. But because I put so much invested into the company and it's a, it's a long driven passion of mine. That's where, you know, they got me. <laughs> a lot yeah. of people feel that way. And and I think at the end of the day, I think I think we all we all love I think we all love these places, you know. We all love these places. We we love this this these these you know themed experiences, and we just want them to be better, you know. And and we just think that like you know, maybe 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 we can we can we can affect change in a positive way. And the only way to do that really is to vote with your wallet, you know. So, and even taking the surveys, a lot of times Disney will send me like I'll go to the park and then I'll get like a survey in my email. A lot of people just disregard that stuff. Don't disregard it. Like answer those surveys because they definitely monitor that stuff. And mm -hmm. if you're not happy with with stuff. That's that's kind of your way to kind of let your voice be heard, you know. And and it and it, it just kind of shapes the experience better for everybody. See, I'm also saddened that OG Orange Grove has never been to Pandora. Uh, see, that's the thing. I I love I've never been there I, either. I'm with you. I love the Disney parks. I've always loved them. It's just like they're really going through. From this, this 
mess over here and this mess over here, the leadership stuff. And like, I mean, we, take your pick. It's just like, it's crazy. And you just go back to making good stuff. <laughs> like man, I just want a nice bowl of ice cream, man. I want a Dole Whip. <laughs> I want to ride the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion. Yes. I want to head over to Pandora, get on Flight of Passage, which is my favorite ride of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, it's, you guys, you haven't been to Pandora either. I have, I have, Man. I have not been. I unfortunately haven't. I know all about it. I know so many of the technical aspects of that of that land of that place, but I, I haven't seen it myself. Unfortunately, when I do Tron, apologize. When Tron but, opens, I'm I'm really trying to get these guys out here. Right. I, I really <laughs> want to get out there and experience Cosmic Rewind and Pandora and all that kind of stuff. I think it's great. But look, listen. You know, I I, I grew up in the '90s, and in the '90s for Disneyland wasn't a good time either. Right. There was a lot of I, it, it was tough. Look up a guy, you know, for your for your audience here. Look up a guy called Pro, Paul Pressler and see what he how he ran the parks. I mean, people died, right? Yeah, I mean, literally, you know, literally, people yeah, literally died because of how mismanaged this operation was run. And I really haven't felt, you know, like that. I mean. I mean, this this is the closest thing to that, I think. I, you know, what we're going through right now. And it's it's really unfortunate. You got the, you know, the, you know WDI and, and their problems being moved to, to Florida and how they're having unbelievable amounts of attrition at that level. And, you know, you look at these creative enterprises and it's like, man, you know, will we ever get another Pandora? Because we're losing so many people. Joe Rohde, the guy who designed it, he's no longer there, you know? And it's yeah. like... Yeah. I just think about all this stuff, and, and it, it is worrisome, and I agree with you, Jay. Just get back to the basics. Get back to the fundamentals. Get back to the experience. The problem is a million people want to see that experience as well, but there yeah. must be a way to better manage that and, and, and operate these theme parks than what's going on right now. And, and, and it's uh, – the theme parks shouldn't be let down by operations, and I think they are right now. Uh, I, yeah. I agree. When you guys go to Panzora, you will go – this is everything Galaxy's Edge should have been. Uh-huh. That's the problem. Yes. <laughs> like you yes. go to Panzora, yeah. and every time, like some people are like, "I don't really care for the Avatar film." That's fine, but they go to Pandora oh. and they're like, "Well, oh, it's same thing." I feel with Harry Potter at Universe Studios. It's yeah. like the uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It's like they made sure every detail was how it's supposed to be, and you just get immersed. But uh, it's it's. Cr- here we go. But that's the thing. Get back to me. And I have my own issues with Galaxy's Edge. And everybody knows who knows me knows uh, how it is. I, I want to show something real quick. This is this is what we have to deal with in Orlando. All right. Oh, I'm going to share my screen. Um, this is what the theme parks do. They fight with each other. OK, this is SeaWorld. They're, they're like they're like, you've arrived. SeaWorld is the coaster capital of Orlando. They spelled capital wrong. So Universal <laughs> Orlando calls them out. They're like. Capital, huh? We also have more. Then SeaWorld goes, well, spell check missed on this one, but you guys need to need to work on your math skills. Most single park in Orlando, my friend. No park hopping here. Universal response. At least there's another park to hop to. Then Stream and Stream shows up, and they're like, that's a local Orlando attraction. I hate it when mom and dad fight. (laughs) Then SeaWorld noticed that Busch Gardens liked it, and they're just like, huh, Busch Gardens liking this? Then one of the malls here in Orlando gets involved. Me looking for my invite, you know, and it's <laughs> wow. it, this is what they do all the time. So then you go to the quote tweets here, uh-huh. uh huh. And <laughs> then Attraction Magazine is getting involved. But oh wait a minute, wait, that's the wrong quote tweet. So we go to the quote tweets here for Universal, 
And then, was that not it? Wait, 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 wait. SeaWorld, like, kind of slams them pretty good. Uh, here it is. This one here. Yeah, so SeaWorld finally quote tweets them and go, Ah, Universal, you always talk about talk about SeaWorld. You must really care about us as a token Yo. of our friendship. We wanted to send your social media team a nice care package. They printed out all the mean tweets that Universal said over the past year. Yeah. And, like, then they... <laughs> <laughs> then they put in like a joke book, uh, get some new material, you know, and then they put in like a you tried like uh, trophy. It's so freaking great. You That's know? fantastic. It's, I mean, and yet they, they have the time to do this. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, see, like. That's fun, man. That's like, there's fun. so much nastiness in the world right yeah. now, and people fighting and stuff going on. And we've been locked down for a year, and like everybody's mad at, and people scared. Whatever. It's like, can we just have some fun again? To me, them doing stuff like this, it's just, it just gives them another gold star in my book. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like they're not afraid to like pick at each other and have fun and have friendly competition and and say things. And everyone got involved from Bush Gardens to and Bush Gardens actually had the slam. I didn't even show you. Uh, they they ended the whole conversation because they were talking about who had the most rides. So right here, Bush Garden gets involved. And they go, uh, is now a bad time to mention that we have ten coasters in one park? And then SeaWorld's like, uh, I thought this was about Orlando. And so, like, that, like, ended the... But isn't that fun? It's fun. Like, isn't that, like, they it's can fun. pick at each other and stuff like that? It's like, that's theme parks. Like, now, I'd, buy a light, I'd buy a lightning lane to see that. Just have a whole <laughs> bunch of them just go head-to-head and just... <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. No, I agree with you. Just, 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 you know... I, I there was a famous exchange where Universal commented. I believe uh, Disney themselves they debuted the look of their new rooms at the Contemporary Resort, right? And you know they they were a little you know mixed reviews from fans and so forth. Universal got involved and said because the TV was like over the couch, and so they like put a little guy you know in kind of some animation, you know trying to look at that TV from the couch, and he was like laying down and looking up, and it's like oh yeah you know. Leave it to Disney to it, to put the Disney. TV over the couch kind of thing, and it was like, even it was like, kind of fun. But even Universal. the uh, the princess ahead, cruises, the the princess oh, yeah. cruise commercial, yeah. like I mean, oh, like yes. that one is like just like right in your face. You know who, who they were going after, <laughs> right? Uh, Universal but, uh, has the but, biggest slam on social media of all time. Yeah. So the Star Cruiser, you know, the word got out that they're using a box truck. To take people from the Star yep. Cruiser, yep. and Universal just puts a picture of a box truck with a Universal sticker. Said, "Hey guys, let's all go to Universal together." <laughs> and that was like we were like, "Dang!" That's funny. <laughs> but That's Disney great. never responds to that. But the other, the other theme parks, uh, the other the other theme parks do. But I, that's the thing. It's like get back to fun. You know what else is sucking the fun out of Disney is huh. the freaking resellers, man. Like. You kind of respect <sighs> what they're doing. The the hustle, man. The hustle. Oh, I'm yeah. You know they make like a lot them. of money. Like, that's how people make their money. And yeah. like, but it makes me they... want to take a pair of scissors and snip their garbage bags. <laughs> <laughs> I well, that's in... the thing, and that's the thing. There's like very little incentive um, for yeah. Disney or any company really to stop it because you know they're getting like yeah. they're going to the parks and they're buying like forty of these things. They're Disney's making their money. 
So after they leave the park, it's kind of like, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's sad because you have a lot of families out there, you know, with kids and stuff like, you know, maybe they want, maybe they want to get their kid a, 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 a mainstream electrical parade popcorn bucket or something. And they can't do that because this person wants to buy 40 of them and sell them on eBay. It's, just, it's a shame, dude. It's a shame. And they'll go after like egregious resellers, uh, people who will actually uh, buy like with buy their merchandise with an annual pass, get the discount, right? And then use use that discount to sell it at uh, at what Disney's selling for. Now they just made twenty percent. They'll usually get rid of those people and that yeah. kind of stuff. But my frustration is if Disney wanted to end it, they could do it. All you got to do is just link maybe your ticket entry right with the, your purchase. That way you can't you know buy more than one or whatever or more than two you know per ticket and stuff like that. They could do it, but there's really no incentive to do so because it's like you know like OG said, you're buying forty of these. Well, we got to move them anyway, so here you go. You know that kind of thing, and keep the garbage bags coming. And but on social media, like I said, it's the goodwill, badwill. This creates a lot of badwill when you have just people with with trash bags with all the Splash Mountain merch. Right, George. You know uh, they, they're getting all the brer bears. And I just wanted my brer bear. I wanted I my brer bear. Okay. All right. So, all right. Hold on. Uh, let's see if I can reach it. Let's see if Uh-oh. I can reach it. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I reach uh. it. I got it. So here is my uh, <laughs> brer rabbit. Okay. Oh, man. Speaking of like the brer bear and everything, and and Anna, that Star Wars girl that was in the chat. I don't know if she's still listening or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Magic Kingdom reopened and the word got out that they were selling the Brer stuff for this is the last time they're selling it, right? Yeah. They're done. Okay. Mm-hmm. She texts me and she was just like, Can you please get me the Brer Fox? I think it was Brer Fox, because uh, that's one she didn't have. So I was like, And here I am. Yeah, no problem. I'll just walk in a store and get it. I had uh-huh. no idea about this whole reseller stuff. So yeah. we got there and we waited in line. And this is how I met Adam the Woo. He was in front of me in line waiting to get one. Okay. Uh, I waited and waited. They had this long line at the Magic Kingdom, and I'm watching people come out with garbage bags. I mean, like garbage bags, like five of them of these of these things right here, you know, and the fox and the and the bear. It's a tri- it's a trifecta. Yeah. And so I'm like, how the heck am I gonna get this for Anna? So I waited. There was a cast member. I was the last one in line. No joke. Adam the Woo was in front of me. We talked for like an hour. It was it was really cool. Oh, that's really great. Uh, yeah. So it's like that's how we connected. So I'm the last person in line, and the cast member looked over at me, and she like she was like she whispered. She's like like from a distance, you know, like you know how us how people talk from a distance are like, what do you want? You know, it's like you can't <laughs> hear them, but you can see them. And I was like, I just need one. Like one Br'er Fox for Anna, that Star Wars girl. So I was like, okay. So she's like, so she she said, I'll put it in the back. No problem. So people, because she know that people were buying this stuff. I get up to the front. And so, and so they're only letting four people in at a time. <clears throat> so yeah. it's my it's my turn. Adam Nwu gets in there and he's like, he just grabs one, pays for it and leaves. Not, no big deal. He, didn't, he wasn't in for like all that stuff. As soon as I was sitting down, as soon as I was up, I was the last one there, and they brought out a bunch of boxes with the uh, the bear, the fox, and everything. And I go, can I get those too? And they're like, yeah, why not? So I bought a bunch. <laughs> I was able nice. to buy a bunch, uh, a bunch of them. So I, 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 Anna got her set. It was, it was a freaking headache. I did a whole video on it. It's crazy. I got a, another set of the 
the rabbit, fox, and the bear. I put it on eBay. Those things sold for almost eight hundred dollars. <laughs> These are twenty-seven bucks, right? Oh I just God. kept this one because I'm like, maybe five years it'll go for a thousand bucks just to sell it. Like that's the only reason why it's laying on the floor in my room. <laughs> so uh, I was just like, no wonder these people, yeah, wait in line. I, I literally paid for like a lot of like whatever. I spent my money. I, I was shocked that it sold that much. Um, and then came the next big thing was this. I showed y'all before. Oh, oh yeah. Cadman figment popcorn bucket, $25. Wow. People were selling these for a thousand bucks. Oh my god. And people were buying them a thousand dollars for this. This thing is is a piece of plastic crap. All right. It must <laughs> four dollars tops to make, like whatever it is. So when these things were selling. Crazy. People waited, uh, if you didn't know, people waited six hours to get these, yep. five hours the next day, and they only were allowed two. Two out of two people can buy. When I got mine, I went with Disney. It took me five. I went um, three weeks later, and they decided to change their setup. Just like you said, Disney can do this. They changed their setup. You go into a room. They had them all out on a table. It took me five seconds. I got two. Somebody I know wanted one. I was like, if I can get one, yeah, no problem. I bought two. It took me less than five seconds. I literally walked in, picked up two, bought it, and walked out. Yeah. Well, and they're still selling online for hundreds of dollars. Crazy. And, and so then uh, Dr. Dr. Dragon in the comments said they do the same thing with the Funko Pops and other stuff. That I definitely can agree with because do they really? I got the uh, Splash Mountain 30th anniversary Funko Pop where it has Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Bear inside the log. And they were selling on eBay for like between three to $500 a piece. Wow. It's a business. It's a business. And, <laughs> and some people take this to the extreme. So, so I don't know if you saw this story, Jay, maybe you saw it or not, but in, in Tokyo at Tokyo Disneyland, I was, I was, that's how right? I was wrapping up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead yeah, and I mean, share it. So, so yeah, so they have a strict two, two person limit, uh, or I'm sorry, two, uh, I think it's like, one, it's like, like one person per, uh, per item or, 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 um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, you can only get two items per person, something like that's, that. That's right? how it is in the magic, like here in Orlando, you can only right. get two per person. That's two in line. Per person. Yeah. And so Tokyo had a similar policy and these guys are so fanatical. They, <laughs> they came with a stroller with a baby right in order to pick up their merchandise because that's that's a person right (laughs) but the baby was fake (laughs) it was a fake (laughs) kid you know and 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 they i guess they had to take them aside and they may have done some penalizing on on that end but but that's how fanatical it is that's how crazy it is i mean disney is big money you know and hey chapek where'd he come from from consumer products products. that's That's where he came from, and and this kind of monetization of the parks. I mean, he's all about that life. To be quite honest with you, you guys see that at, in the California parks? Do they ever have like a limited edition run on something? And oh yeah, actually, oh, yeah. Yeah. if you guys hold on for a second, I'll show you some. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm so curious. the newest thing is the uh, well, he's going to show you that, but the newest thing is the Main Street Electrical Parade, which is. One. It's it's coming back, and they produce some merchandise items on it. It's a famous parade in Disney theme park lore. And there it is. You got the that, popcorn that, that's the bucket. that's the Main Street Electrical Parade popcorn yeah. bucket. It lights up, yeah, but you can't really see it. It's kind of bright in here, but it I lights up. Online, yeah. 
Yeah. And those those popcorn buckets, people waiting for them, they went all the way down Main Street. You know, it's yep. just people waited for those. Yeah, and the uh, the sipper right there, because you know when when you attach fandom to it, just like the figment popcorn bucket, people go nuts for it. You know, it's it's crazy. How much it, are they it, selling those online, OG? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I have to check that out. How long did you wait to get yours? Actually, not very long. We 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 actually we drove down there. And we mobile ordered on the way there, like on the freeway, oh, on the yeah, way yeah. there. And then we got, we got, it's a little place in Fantasyland where they were selling them. And we walked right up, actually. I was kind of surprised. And that, that was the, like the, like the first weekend they were selling. So we kind of lucked out, man. We kind of lucked out. But it's funny because Disney's all about that monetization, right? And yet they still, you still can't meet baby Maxi's Edge. Like, come on. If you were to have this guy in Batu, the photo pass money would be insane. For, for, that, for that electrical pair, I'm checking on eBay, uh, $205 plus $15 shipping. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah, wow. two, 180, oh, you... 200 around there. You can get them, you can get them some cheaper but you know those prices will go up as uh as product leaves the uh leaves the site you know you can I mean, get a picture with baby yoda at our batu yeah you can get you can get okay so it's like one of those digital photos yes. no i want a I want a grogu meet and greet <laughs> now, we, we talked about this on the show g galaxy's edge i i know jay you're, you're not a big fan but you know what would would well would indenture some goodwill that we talk about some meet and greets let's be able to meet mandalorian let's be able to meet grogu these characters are huge right now the fact that they're not in the land look i'm tired of seeing ray i'm tired of seeing kylo it's just the same characters over and over and over again it feels like i'm watching days of our lives (laughs) i mean in 2023 you know it's gonna be like four years since we had the last film featuring those characters they're old get it get in the new hotness let's get in you know like Ahsoka, let's get in Luke Skywalker, let's get in Han Solo. We can go, you know, old school, Padme, Obi-Wan, Darth Vader. You know, these shows are coming out, these things are relevant. Why are they not capitalizing on it? I will never understand. And we had that conversation on OG55 about the Star Wars weekends. I absolutely yeah. love the Star Wars weekends. I love the Star Wars weekends. I never missed. They were so good. I agree. So good. You know, you know, I'm I'm a product of the 80s, you know, the the OT was was my jam, but <laughs> I love my prequels though too. I would love to see Anakin Skywalker over a mod too. That's the thing. Oh, we're gonna go there. That's why the can't thing. we have fun again? Why can't we exactly. have fun again? That is it. That is it. So in Hollywood Studios here, there is a place called the Launch Bay where they're getting ready to reopen it. Um, but you used to get a picture with Darth Vader. They had all the characters there. They had all of them, except Baby Yoda, but they had all the characters from BBA to R2D2. And the line for Darth Vader was like at every day, it was hours. Kylo Ren was like 10 minutes. Uh, Chewbacca <laughs> was pretty long. Um, but it was like, it's like, read the room, man. Like, put Darth Vader walking through what? Galaxy's Edge. No one's going to care. Like that, you like broke the lore of being immersed uh, in there. But they just want to see their that. That was my biggest right. issue. It's like no other land that you own is like Galaxy's Edge. You decided to plant it in a timeline that people are like, "Hey, man, give me Anakin. Where's Padme? Where's C three PO? Like, why can't you have this? Like, throw in the clone. You have so much that you could throw in there." 
Rebels. Throw those franchise. And, and, and that's the complete opposite of Avengers Campus because you walk yeah. in there and it's like anything goes. It's like oh. no hold bar. I mean, Moon Knight's got a witch, Doctor Strange, you know, yeah. You have a show that comes out on Disney Plus the next day, they're in that outfit. Yeah. <laughs> From Literally, sometimes it's the day of. When that yeah. show debuts, that, that person in or, that particular outfit in that episode is out. It's crazy. Or the, we had like uh, we had like four different Lokis premiere in Avengers yeah. Camp. It, yeah. it was like insane. We had the, the zombie, zombie Captain, America. Captain America. Yeah, yeah. I was just right, about huh? to say that. Yeah. But but here's the thing too. Like with Galaxy's Edge, it's a huge land. Even here at Disneyland, it's like this. I think it's the same size as in Florida. It's about yeah, 14, it's 14 acres. acres. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you have enough room there. Where like, let's just say, okay, Disney doesn't want to have like you know Vader standing next to you know um, Kylo Ren. Fine. You you have enough room there to kind of separate that stuff. It's kind of like how you have Mickey on Main Street, but then he's also like in the back in Toontown, right? He's, they're far enough away. Just do that, man. Just have on one end, you have Anakin and Obi-Wan. On the other end, you got Luke and Leia. And maybe in the middle, <laughs> you can have the sequel people, you know? But it, it would work. And I, they're not, so against it. They're uh, so against it. Bash and I were talking about this, and we were wondering, you know, how much of that is Disney's decision and how much of that is actually influenced by Lucasfilm because their films, their products, their shows are so on a strict based timeline. Right. That is that Disney's way of just trying to withhold to what they're having in the films, or is that Lucasfilm say, "Hey, if you want to use this, this is how you have to play ball," sort of speak. It's the weirdest thing because Avengers Campus doesn't live by that, and that's that's WDI. So this is right. WDI, but yet we have these timeline issues. Maybe it is a little bit of Lucasfilm now that I'm coming, kind of coming around to this idea. Maybe there's some hardcores in WDI that I want to stick to this, and they have now they have Galactic Starkers, and now it's all kind of integrated, folks. You know, so it, it, <laughs> and it, guess it, what? It, there's Ray and Kylo. Big freaking surprise! I know, right? It's just that they're always there. I, my my idea was, hey, have a time based thing. Hey, for the for go. the hours that. You know, Galactic Star Cruiser actually comes into Galaxy's Edge. You can have your sequel. You can sequel guys, right? I agree. In the morning, you can do pre in, in prequels or OT. And in the night, you can have maybe Mando and stuff like that and these new characters. Like, you, there are ways to make this work. And we're not the, we can't be the only ones screaming about this. I think the general populace is like, what, timeline? What? I, it but says Star Wars land. Let me get about, Star Wars. But you're talking about a timeline, and I had mentioned this to, to Vash on one of our recordings. So you're mm -hmm. on the Star Cruiser. You're being kidnapped by Kylo Ren and the First Order taking over the Star Cruiser. But sure. then they're going to take you into Batu to ride Rise of the Resistance. Oh, and now you're going to get kidnapped again by <laughs> Kylo Ren and the First Order. So it's like no matter where you go, you're being kidnapped <laughs> you're by Kylo Ren. <laughs> The it's just you just look at it and go, God, so much. Uh, and they could fix it with so easy. They could just turn the dial just, like just a couple notches, and it's like there you go. The my friends I work over there at Galaxy's Edge, they they say the same thing. Everybody they could they, people don't even register the timeline. They go, is Baby Yoda? And for what people you hate them or love them, people want a picture with Grogu. That's just, right. and you're absolutely right. Or Mando, they're like, where is he? Where is that? Right. The Boba Fett series came out. There's no reason why they didn't have Boba Fett walking around like hyping that up. I, I okay, so I didn't you like won the this... show, but it's just one of those things. Like they should, they have this land to use, and they just decide to, nah, we're good. 
And it's a land that was made from scratch. It wasn't based off of anything in the film, so they could have done anything with it. They could have done anything, right? You have this template where you just have this kind of generic Star Wars location that can have, that can, I mean, even in press releases, Imagineers have come out and said, oh yeah, well, we wanted to create a new location in order to inhabit some of the new ideas that were, that were coming out. So this land will change and evolve over time, but you haven't leveraged that. So what's the point? What's the point of doing all this? You might as well give us Hoth or, or any of the number locations that we did know and feature those characters that we want to actually see. Look, I'm sorry. What what they've done. But you're right. Uh, what they've mm-hmm. done worse is they've taken what they used to have in Galaxy's Edge and put it in the Star Cruiser. So you, now yeah. you don't even get that anymore. There's no more right. droids walking around. There's no yeah. Ray and Kylo fighting. There's none of that. So like what you would pay for a normal theme park ticket that you would see or experience, you now have to pay a bigger paywall to experience. And so you're just kind of like, uh, this. it's just a revolving door to get there and my god can they fix i don't know if it is in california but the rise of resistance ride and i'm just saying people know i don't like the sequels but there's that it's pretty impressive what they've done with that i don't even know you call it a ride it's just it's it's like a 20 minute experience uh and the and again for me the cast members that are acting make the whole thing like really cool when you get captured and thrown in jail and all that stuff um they make that really cool because they're so interactive but my god can they fix it where it works at least one day without breaking down (laughs) so and it's interesting that you say that jay because in orlando it actually breaks down more (laughs) you know your version of rise of resistance than it does in california apparently there's about it averages like 20 percent downtime in it in orlando in Orlando, yeah, in Disney's Hollywood Studios operating day. 20% of that, it's that averaging, mind you. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. And that's just horrible. I I don't know what really is going on with the Orlando version. For some reason, it is the, I don't know if it's the clean power issue. Again, that kind of goes into the Reedy Creek argument, right? Because they supply their own power, but, you know, maybe their power is is less than uh, optimum for that kind of attraction. I have, you know, that's, that's a whole other thing, but they have to do something because the uptime on that thing, it, it is a really significant problem, especially in a park that doesn't have that many attractions to begin with. Right. Yeah, you know, it's attraction starved. Yeah, that, that's very true. Um, let me, can I switch gears to uh, Universal? Sure. What do you guys like um super nintendo world is coming is that something that people are excited for i know here in orlando they're building an epic universe to challenge disney for the top spot visited theme park yep and they're not playing games they got the they've got the biggest version of super nintendo land being built here they're doing classic monsters of course they're adding more harry potter stuff there's supposed to be a rumored a like a broom Literally, they they were like uh, a broom ride where Galaxy's Edge should have had like a speeder bike ride, which would have yeah. been freaking epic. Uh, yeah. But, but they they're gonna do like you're riding a broom, very similar uh, to to that style. Then the uh, whether this is true or not, but the tease is that they're gonna take the old rides that they shut down at Universal and put them in epic universe as well no so like back to the future oh. king kong things like that jaws that's just a, that's just ah oh man if they bring jaws back that would be unbelievable <laughs> so like they're they're like we're not playing games like 
<laughs> we're going for it. Well, I think and until Disney beckons, huge. until Disney beckons the call, you know, when Epic Universe opens up, I I think for that period of time, Universal probably will take that spot. Uh, this this is this is you know this is one of the the first theme parks in this kind of modern era, right? I mean, I don't think Orlando has had a new theme park by one of the big uh, theme park operators for 20 plus years now it's yeah. just like we've added a new ride right you know, we had so. a new ride or we had a new land or whatever this is a big big deal a huge project and and um i believe what what's it what's it, uh brian roberts of 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 universal or, or mm-hmm. i should say comcast he ain't joking around no. he was like hey look listen the number one thing we regret during the shutdowns is shutting down progress on epic universe we mm-hmm. we should have continued construction constructing that so they're all in on this thing they think it's going to be a big big deal um like you said super nintendo world you know they're getting donkey kong yoshi you know mario and stuff like that it it's going to be pretty big it, I, I'm I'm curious to see what that's all going to be about, and like you said, Jay, I don't really know how many people are excited for super, you know Super, Nintendo, super World Nintendo World outside of our sphere. But I mean, you know, a lot there's a lot of Nintendo fans, hardcore Nintendo fans. I think you know a couple of them <laughs> that, uh, that that, that want to see this. So like that's the thing. Like when it comes to the one in California, I've never mm-hmm. been to the one in California, but I hear it's it's a lot of escalators. Yeah. <laughs> it's like america's only two level theme park (laughs) it's like yeah it's on the side of a mountain so you come in on the top at the top of the mountain and then you have to go down to the lower lot uh via like like three or four different escalators huge escalators to get you down there it's pretty efficient honestly but it's a wild thing when you do it because it's like i mean this is the weirdest setup ever but it's it's that that's kind of a part of its charm as well and you're in and amongst the uh sound stages that are down there it's crazy it's wild yeah i mean it, it really was ne- it never really had the intention of being a, a, a theme park it was right. really the studio mm-hmm. and then as time went on universal got more ambitious in that theme park space and kind of built on that at you know on this location so now it's like this kind of cool hybrid of like movie lot and like you know theme park so we got wizarding world out here we got the simpsons ride we got jurassic world um like boat ride and stuff but then we also have like the like the tram tour you can go through like real movie sets and like you know and everybody and their mom films at that studio i mean disney all the pirate movies were filmed over on the universal lot Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Wow. Like it's one of the most most active lots um, for filming out here. I in think California. Dunkirk was filmed in in the big kind of kind of lake area that they have right there. I mean, everybody's filming there all the time. So you're in an active s- studio. You're. It's not like make believe. You're there. You know where where movies are filmed. So it has that unique charm. But a lot of the design constraints from Universal's. It, it's quite interesting. So as OG said, we do have a Wizarding World, just like you guys there have in, in Orlando, but. The show building for uh, the main Harry Potter attraction, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, it actually sticks out over the mountain and it's standing on stilts, you know, and it's like it's Jeez. all these. Oh, it's it's wild. You don't notice it when you're up there, but you're I mean, you're literally hanging over the mountain in some portions of that attraction. It's a wild thing that 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 park is is wholly unique for sure. But uh but look, I mean, I know, I know a lot of people out here are excited about our Super Super Nintendo World that we're getting, but it's not going to be anywhere close to what you guys are getting out there in Orlando. It's crazy. 
I hope I can get you guys to Orlando to do the Velocicoaster one time. Oh my just gosh. Just so you can rate it. But we're coming on that two hour mark. But I just wanted to ask, and we can start with OG if you want. Like, what is, uh, give me some of your favorites, man. Like, what, uh, I'm maybe not even favorite ride, but is it just like, what's some of the favorite things over the years? Like, theme parks, favorite ride is favorite food. Is there something like a secret that most people don't realize that's kind of cool that you found out? about you know, disney was there that one memory like uh you know i have a few i have a few um one of the things that really will always hold a, a place in my heart is the main trilogical parade uh, my, my late grandmother was a huge fan of that parade and, and it was, she was great like she would always talk shit to my dad like well, look what they do with their lights you, you, know, you, you, you know you can't do anything for the christmas lights <laughs> in our house and stuff that she'd always talk shit like oh man look what a great job they do you know and she was fun and I miss her greatly. And um, the, the, the electrical parade really reminds me of her. And so mm. that parade means the world to me. And I'm glad they're bringing it back. You know, um, I love that parade. Um, I love Fantasmic. Again, I was I was a young kid when that when that premiered. And uh, I remember like me and my sister, we, we would be in like, you know, our room and like we would act out Fantasmic with like flashlights and stuff, you know. And we were just all into it. And it was just that that show plays uh, has a huge uh, spot in my heart, you know. Um, and I love just like in terms of just um, overall cool coolness, cool factor. The Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland is an incredible attraction, Jay. When you come down here to California, that's a must do. It's like must it's do. like Rise of the Resistance, but Indiana Jones. It's incredible. It's my favorite IP of all time. So yes. I have to get on that. Hundred percent. Get on that thing. 100%. You got to get on it. But yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at, you know. And I just love overall. I just love being at Disney. I love the energy. I can walk in that park and just kind of sit on a bench, and I'm cool. I'm happy. I'm here. I I, if, I just like being there. I like the atmosphere, the architecture, the 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 vibe. I just I like being there, you know. So it's it's a pretty special place, and I I think um, I don't know. I think I think a lot of people. Uh, I, got, I think a lot of people write it off as just kind of kid stuff, and it, and it really isn't. And it's pretty dope, in my opinion. Awesome. George? Yeah, I mean, I have to echo what uh, OG said. It's pretty much just the overall experience that I get when going to a Disney park, whether it's at Walt Disney World or Disneyland. Um, I grew up going to Walt Disney World. I grew a bigger appreciation for Disneyland due to the uh, – the history behind it, you know, once you walk through the turnstiles to know that was Walt's park, you know, is the park that started it all that he actually walked through that park. He sat on the bench, you know, he stayed up at the, uh, the fire station watching, you know, the guests and the fans walking through the park. He interacted with the, the guests. So it's a, it's a deeper connection on that standpoint for Disneyland. Um, but for Walt Disney World, it takes me back to my childhood memories and everything. Um, as far as um, my favorite type of experience for Disneyland, and we were talking about immersive experiences earlier when you brought up Pandora and everything. Um, one of the main lands that I would suggest going to is Cars Land. Whether or not you ride the rides yeah. or not, but just walking through that land. Yeah. It's you literally it's you feel like you were like. They it's literally wild. ripped it from the movie and placed it right there in yeah. in Disney California Adventure. Um, 
And as far as with a like a food or a snack or a beverage, I will say there's one thing that I would suggest not to get, and uh, Mr. Vasky can uh, uh, agree <laughs> with me on that, and that's the uh, the peanut butter and jelly slushy at uh, Avengers <laughs> Campus. At the- wait, 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 peanut butter and jelly. Slushy? slushy, yes, yeah. not, not a milkshake, a slushy with peanut butter bulba pearls or whatever. Yes, I think is what that was. Yes, the, the jelly is the slushy, and then the 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 peanut butter balls inside of it. It is, it's foul. <laughs> that doesn't sound too good. You know, there's a guy on TikTok that makes these TikTok videos. He goes things at the theme park that give me diarrhea. Like that's his whole thing. <laughs> And he's right. like, I was at Disney and I had this, and it gave me diarrhea. Like he's, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious, but it's like that's like his thing, you know. Like he right. tries like bad food. Everybody um, has their niche, but, I guess. But I will <laughs> say the rest of the food at uh, Pim Kitchen was really good, and the experience in that is so cool. Of how that they make the optic illusion of how things uh, shrink or grow. Um, they have like th- these giant soda cans that look yeah. like they're linked to the, really? how you can get your soda out of the machine. It's, it's really cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty great. So we have cafe fifties that you guys have got to try. They've recreated yeah. a 1950s kitchen and uh-huh. all the, uh, servers like yell at you. If you put your elbows on the table straight and the menu is funny. So it's, it's really, cool. I remember that was an experience I remember having in there because our waitress, like she was really into it. And I, I played into it because I'm, I'm very stubborn at that. Cause I like to push them to their breaking point. And she ended up throwing every single green bean that was on my plate into my milkshake. And she says, now you have to eat it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty. I That's love that. Great. I love going to that. I haven't been in a minute, but like it's it's been. They have like this thing on the menu called the leftovers, where it's like you get a little piece of meatloaf, a little piece of chicken, a little like like leftovers. So it's pretty cool. But uh, I'll I'll tell man. you a story. I'll tell you a yeah. story. So um, Indiana Jones, OG ain't lying. That that changed the game when it came to Disneyland. Just just entertainment attractions in general. I mean, that really set a standard that wasn't met for a really, really long time. And I remember like, I, I I'm with you, Jay. I, I have a huge, just, I, I love Indiana Jones. I really, that character, like just, you know, it just, it just really kind of swept me up a little bit. And when I was a kid, I would always dress like him. I always had the fedora and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when I heard of an Indiana Jones attraction coming, I was stoked, and I was like at five around that time when when Indiana Jones actually opened at Disneyland, and uh, yeah, back in 1995. And and when I went down there, you know, to see this attraction that I have been kind of you know researching and looking at, I was I was man, I was like, oh, I want to go on this so badly. And we wait through the entire line, and it was it was pretty long, like two hours or something. You get to the front. And it's like, oh, hey, uh, you know, the cast member, hey, uh, let's go ahead and step over there. Let me let me go ahead and get your height real fast. And uh, I was just this short and didn't actually <laughs> get to ride all this hype, all this thing didn't get to ride. So I had to go out, stand on the side and I'm looking at these Jeeps go through the tunnel. I'm like, what is on the other side of that of that tunnel? You know, it's because it's, you know, the, the the setup for this attraction is amazing. You have to go like a like I think it's like a quarter of a mile out 
just to just to get to where they actually load these vehicles. And during that time, you have this amazing queue that just gets you deeper and deeper and deeper into it. So you have this hype, and to not actually get it at the end right there, even with my fandom, I was I was crushed. Well, my mom was like, "Hey, I'm I'm not leaving this place until this guy gets gets on a ride." So the next day, we were going to Disneyland. The next day, I think. Um, I think she stuck like batteries in my shoes <laughs> to get me to that point where I could don't actually ride it. Skates, yeah, don't don't do that. Don't do not do this. Do not do this. Those height restrictions are there for a reason, folks. Yeah. Do not do this. But I was tall enough to ride at that point, and I got to see right. it for the first time, and it I just blew my mind to see yeah. this this thing at this scale. You know, in Disneyland, this kind of little kind of, you know, park in the middle of Anaheim to have a detraction to this extent, this quality, it just changed my life. It just changed everything. And and obviously we get, you know, back in the future at Universal and that was just a, it's just a groundbreaking thing. And, and that, you know, kind of endeared me to to Universal and, and what they were doing out there. And but then when Disneyland's 50th anniversary came around, you know. That that was it for me. I was a Disney fanboy from then on, just because I, I had a new a new appreciation for its history and its lore, and and all those kind of things. And I've been a Disney fan uh, ever since. But Indiana Jones will always have a special place in my heart. It's probably it goes between number one and number two between Rise of Resistance for me, honestly. Cool. We got dinosaur ride instead <laughs> of Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. We have people from Cal- like my friends come from California, like that have been to Disneyland, and they're mm-hmm. and they're like, I was like, well, we have the same ride, but it's not Indiana Jones; it's the dinosaur ride. And they get on it, and they're like, same ride type of thing, you know? You're in, yeah. a, uh, and they're like, but this, they're like, man, this sucks. I like, yeah. <laughs> I know it, it, it hits it hits different when you don't have the Indiana Jones John Williams thing going on in there. It's and like that yeah. old, yeah, and it's the old claymation dinosaur movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that ride, and it's like the same thing inside. You're just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you weren't here, I wouldn't be riding it. At the end of the day, like for those that are listening, it's uh, we just want we we just love theme parks, and yeah, I just like everything, everything about them. Like I, I enjoyed going with uh, my mom and dad, and and with friends, and and riding things, and I just really, my hope is personally. Disney would just leave all this other stuff alone and just focus on on putting things back. Like with the Cosmic Rewind that opened at Epcot, uh, I'll probably be going on that uh, pretty soon. Oh, fantastic. And uh, things like, you know, just get back to like making fun. Stop trying to complicate things. Just get a ticket. <laughs> you know, like they used to give away fast passes for free here in uh, Orlando. You got three free ones. And then just... Because the world is like uh, it, you could find all the ugliness and the nastiness in the world if you want. Like it's just, it's there, and so it's it's nice to go somewhere where it's like you don't think about it for a while and and just laugh, have some ice cream, have a Dole Whip, go to Universal, like or like we have Epcot where you could drink around the world, and it's like a thing. And by the time yeah. you get to like France, like you don't even know who why you're there. you know it's it's like all that stuff it's like you don't even know why you're there because you've had enough alcohol uh around uh epcot if you guys have never been to epcot either right Mm -mm, Uh, i i have enough for a long time but i'll agree with you jay it's it's the pinnacle of escapist by the time i get over to canada i'm crawling (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's it's uh, Epcot stands for uh, what is it? Every person comes out tired. I think is the, is the joke. But no, I I think these theme parks are the pinnacle of escapist entertainment. You know, people escape in a movie for two hours. Well, yeah. you know, imagine escaping into another world for like eight hours or ten hours. Right. You know, and that's I think that's why we really enjoy it. So yeah, I agree. Uh, get get the uh, get the fun back in there. You know, it's, know, it's all man. about this. That's what it's about. All it's about. I'm telling you, like everything. Wicked Virtue with a two dollars super sticker. Thank you, Wicked, and thank you everyone for being here. If you want to check out Orange Grow Fifty Five, the link to their channel is in the description. Go check them out. And like I tell everyone on this pass, you can check them out. But if you don't like what they have to say, unfollow. <laughs> like, just, yeah. you know, um, I enjoy their podcast a lot. I really do enjoy what they have to say because I'm a theme park junkie. I like the inner workings. I like the graphs that they show and all that stuff like that. So it's, uh, uh, you know, I really enjoy what you guys are doing over there. And um, hopefully, hopefully we can hang out one day. Like, yes. hopefully we can make it happen. So I appreciate you being on here guys go check them out um if you guys just hang out for just one quick second but uh thank you chat thank you for the super chats thanks for the likes thank you for the new follows thank you for the love everyone this is jayway welcome to the rebellion podcast and we will catch you next time thanks for listening we hope you were inspired today to hear more of the conversation check out our patreon or become a member of the channel And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode. And welcome to the Rebellion.